Lost in the waves, lost in the sand Lost in the sunset, holding your hand Lost in your eyes, what a beautiful view It's no surprise I get lost in you Welcome back to another episode of Live in the Studio. Today we are here with Lisa DeNovo. How are you? Good. Thank you for you? being here. Um, we met you, I feel like at a, was it an open mic? I think so. Yeah. And I'm I, not sure how we like we got introduced to each other. I don't Well, I think you helped us book it. <laughs> okay. And maybe it was through playing like our EP release oh, way back when. Maybe. I think maybe it was the Evening Muse then. Yeah. Were okay. You, were you there? Yeah, I think I was there. And, and yeah. I think maybe somehow we Because I know we met before yeah, Legion uh-huh. Brewing. That was like yeah. 2019, I think, would have been then. And so the Legion Brewing gig, that would have been somewhere in 20... I don't know. You, when did, Well, it was before me. all the gigs stopped. So I feel like it <laughs> yeah. might have still been 2019. It might have been, yeah. Like the end of end it. Of it. Mm-hmm. And we ended up playing down there. And I remember uh, like when we first met you... It was one of the mo- you were like one of the most welcoming people we had met in the Charlotte wow. music area. <laughs> Literally, I think you invited us to like an open mic. We got to play with like the whole group. And then I remember just kind of your uh, just super warm personality. The song thing is what sticks out in my mind every time I think of that first gig, which is uh, quite the cool thing you do. So before I get too far into it, will you introduce yourself <laughs> yeah. and just tell people what you do and, and who you are? and Yeah. What you got going on? Yeah. Um, Lisa DeNovo. I'm a singer-songwriter in Charlotte, North Carolina. I did a few tours back in uh, 20, was it 2018 and 2019, where I went played from all the way from Wilmington, North Carolina to California. And I have some music videos in uh, my album, The Big Bang's out on iTunes, and I'm recording some new stuff now. So I'm excited. Well, that's awesome. We're so glad. Um, we're excited to listen to the new stuff you've got going on. I know the one you're playing today, and we'll talk about that a little later, is newer and all that. Um, but tell us about a little bit about your, like, your musical background and how you got started singing and yeah. playing and writing. So my mom was singing in church when I was like not even born yet. <laughs> so music has always been around us, and all my siblings can sing, and most of them can play something too. So we just like had a very like musical upbringing, whether it was like my dad listening to the radio in the car or some records like he put on like carpenter records and we had like some old like christmas records and we my mom when she sang at church like we would go with her to the rehearsal so i remember like playing barbies like underneath the chairs and like having weird random chair games with my siblings where we would like just run around the whole church and we like so i grew up listening to mostly christian music and the radio and whatever my older sister got a cd of so like backstreet boys <laughs> lauren hill <laughs> my sister had britney NSYNC spears CD. yeah it was like or, it had like i think it was orange and red circles i remember it because oh. i would chuck it around mm-hmm. the house. <laughs> and i just loved it all like any song like i would just sing along to it like i hated reading as a kid i would just like sing everything and we were yeah. homeschooled so it was like okay to like go in my room and just like answer the questions and then if i I wanted to like read through I would make everything like a musical so I just really loved music and now I listen to a little bit of like everything um, some of my influences would be Tosh Sultana is really good because she does like the looping thing mm. with like it's mm-hmm. like a mix of like reggae and 
like uh, alternative. And then there's Ed Sheeran, who's really amazing with his looping too. And I do that live too. So mm-hmm. I love like seeing other people who can do that. And that kind of inspired me to get a loop pedal um, was like Ed Sheeran and just the fact that nobody was doing it. And I was playing all these three hour shows and thought, how can I make it more fun for everyone and me? Yeah. So I got that set up and it just like, there's so many good artists now, like music is so easy to find. And yeah. I love that it's like, you can find anything on Spotify. So like on my way here, I was listening to Still Corners and um, they're really cool, they're alternative. And I just love that like pop sound, but like with all the different instruments, like I really yeah. love electric guitar and and just like layers and harmonies and all that stuff. What was like the first instrument you picked up? as far as playing it because obviously singing it sounds like you were doing that before like super super young but like playing guitar or what was the first thing you did so the first instrument I did was bass guitar Mm. and it was in the youth band at my church my brother taught me how to play it based on frets and numbers and he'd be like this song is one four five and then eventually I learned the names of what Mm -hmm. the frets I was pressing on were and I eventually like eased into a little bit of guitar, but it wasn't until college that I found that like music was really my calling because it was like the only thing I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I had that same kind of like, I recognized I got a job at 19 uh, post mixing, um, uh, it was church services. So I would like take like drums and vocals and resample the drums and tune the vocals and mix and like replay whatever people were messing up or like any anything like that right and I did that for like 30 hours a week for like three years and I it was just sort of one of those things that I got walked into and uh I was like this would bore the heck out of anybody (laughs) Like I just like it like gave me enough time working on it that I realized like this might be what I'm supposed to do because I'm able to sit here and I haven't had the attention span for this kind of thing ever until that and I think just kind of like recognizing school was not my thing I I didn't like school I had a hard time focusing or caring about it at all I was mostly just trying to figure out how to not be there <laughs> and then um, but music was one of those things where before I knew it I was putting eight hours a day ten hours a day like even just learning to play guitar or learning this part or whatever and uh, I have never had anything else that I felt like I could do that mm-hmm. much of have you like is there anything is like another hobby outside of music that you've ever been really into when I was Curiosity. younger it was art and drawing okay. spe- specifically like sketching and like looking at something and then sketching it and I want to get back into that now because it's really good to like just kind of relax and create something. Yeah. And music is great, but every once in a while you have to like take a little day off here and there. Yeah. And, and it's good to try and have other hobbies too yeah. that you can coffee. do. Coffee. I like coffee is a good hobby. We yeah. were talking about that <laughs> on the way. <laughs> yes. I love coffee. That's one thing that I don't know if I would ever get rid of. I love yeah. it so much. Well, they say it's bad for singing. I had a, I had the first guest on the show. His name was Jacob. The first guest for this season um told us he came in the door with a bag of potato chips and a bottle of Tropicana and said to us that that was a like a like his secret recipe secret for... vocal remedy thing <laughs> now okay one he's I'll show you a clip later he sounded great so you know I'm if it works for you do it right like that you know mm-hmm. in that kind of way uh, I guess to a limit but <laughs> uh he sounded awesome and I tried to see if I could get him to tell me that coffee was a was a somehow like a secret remedy for mm-hmm. vocals said, it's no, not it's, terrible it's not <laughs> I, I've, I've heard that across the board but I keep hoping one day they'll make like yeah. that'd be a good 
that'd be a good like entrepreneur thing. Mm -hmm. Some sort of, even if it's cold, like a coffee beverage that's like good for your voice. I think it's because it can be dehydrating and make you a little bit too jittery. But if you're somebody like me, that's like pretty tired, like it kind of helps me, like it wakes me up and makes me a little bit like more excited about it. And then if you drink a lot of water, it seems like that would help offset it a little bit. Now you play a lot of gigs. Yeah. Like, Like how many gigs would you say you play in a year? Because so, I feel like it's the most out of everybody I know. It's it used to be like 200 a year. And now I've cut back to about like 100 to like 115 a year. That's it's usually that's like because once awesome. you get to like spring and summer in Charlotte, you could literally play every day if you wanted to. Mm. And it's really broad. Like you could yeah. play a brewery, a winery, or you could travel and play at a dive bar somewhere and then you can be like regional it's like a lot of fun so there's just so many things out there and so many opportunities i feel like that people don't feel like there are you know what i mean like there are a lot of people that don't think like that find it hard to gig and like you are somebody that i from what i can like has it on lock like you know how to book your entire year out if you want to you know what i mean yeah it's hard not to (laughs) so how like maybe for somebody who's i guess maybe younger just getting into it is there advice you could give for people like trying to get into booking gigs because I you know how to do it very so well. So the only class in college that I thought like was helpful was mm-hmm. emailing because uh-huh. it was very like make your subject line professional, like make sure you're hitting every category that you need to hit and keep it all like formatted nicely and that was like super helpful for me and I also majored in communication which helped me think about like when you talk to someone in person what are the nonverbal cues that you're giving and then what if you're talking to someone that's from a different like has a different ethnicity than you like are you making sure that you're not being offensive like there's so many things that you have to think about when Mm -hmm. you're talking to someone and so that was like very helpful like altogether. so like if there's a way to like just kind of think about what you're saying before you say it sometimes and then when you're doing an email don't just like draft something up that's like a text because the texting is different than emailing you have to make sure that you're like using proper grammar like you have a period at the end of your sentence not too many exclamation points so like being professional through email was one and then another thing is in person trying to be as professional as you can too and then just using your personality so sometimes you can be a little bit more laid back and then just try to read like what they're giving you Mm -hmm. like are they laid back or are they more structural and they like want to book like I don't know like are they very like crazy about how long your break is just like ask them the questions because I think asking questions is really helpful to tell like are you like doing what they want you to be doing? Cause you are in a, in a way working for them, even mm-hmm. though you're still working for yourself. Yeah. Now, like when you first started, was it, was it mostly email or were you dropping yeah. by and saying, a little hi, bit my of name both. is Lisa, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so like a little bit of both for sure. Um, I would probably send like 30 emails a day and get back like one response, mm-hmm. like in back in the day. And then like, just going and like the other thing I was going to say is like be nice to everyone you meet even if they're not nice to you because like mm-hmm. you're saying like sometimes you meet people that like come off as so rude or they're like just really not well <laughs> happy I people. people in the music scene and I think this is important to remember too and this is mm-hmm. kind of to your point people go through a lot yeah and so like I've walked in like cold and the people who are there have been there all day helping other different musicians, whatever. There's other situations that have gone throughout the day. So I've gone in and like, I'm at like level two cause I'm just, I just arrived and somebody else has already been go- dealing with stuff they shouldn't have had to. And they're like ready to be set off already. 
And it's it's just a little jarring when you first start because it's 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 all people who don't know each other mm-hmm. for a, or a lot of it. You know, at least at the beginning, that's how it's going to be. And I think those gigs that I was thinking about were definitely the early ones for sure that it was like, mm-hmm. OK, like you're acclimating to like I'm going into and like people are trying to help and we're all trying to work together to do this thing. And it's like, yeah, it's a long day. <laughs> yep. um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, be nice to everybody. That's <laughs> yeah. the, that's the moral. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people, 30, so 30 emails a day, you get one response back. And like, how long do you think it you did that for before you felt like, okay, like I can probably book pretty much, like I know all the places I would want to gig or like it was a year, two years? I would say it took about a year for Charlotte. Mm-hmm. But then once I thought, oh, I play the places I like to play in Charlotte, I decided, oh, I want to kind of branch out a little bit more. I want to play in Wilmington and I want to play in South Carolina. So like I took what I learned from just booking in Charlotte mm-hmm. and try to make it a little bit bigger. Yeah. And I did say like in the email that I was based in Charlotte, like hoping they wouldn't care. And some places said no because I wasn't local. So I thought that was kind of huh, weird. But yeah. now I think people are a little more open to booking traveling artists. It's more of a thing where yeah. like they can trust you a little bit. And especially if you are able to go to those places that you want to travel to play yeah. before you can book a show, that helps a little bit too. Yeah. yeah. I entered a contest as a kid uh, to open for an artist. I was playing guitar for somebody else and we entered this contest doing like a cover or whatever. And we won the contest. Okay. So we won the we won the number of votes. We, we were number one. Number two was local and it was in Georgia. And so they, we did not get to do it because we were from the Charlotte area Uh, and they were mm -hmm. like, we are worried about local poll and like, you know, this person is based Mm -hmm. here, which means that more people were probably going to come to the gig. And so unfortunately we're not going to be able to do it. And we, I was like 17. I was pretty sad. (laughs) (laughs) That was a tough one, but I like, yeah, I've I've experienced that And then you also have to realize too, is like, you won't be everyone's cup of tea. So like you have to please them in a sense where like, if you're working for them, you want to make sure you're on time, you're taking your breaks as they like Mm -hmm. their musicians to take their breaks. But then also that you're like being true to yourself and you're not like trying to be someone you're not like just to play somewhere you know yeah 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 our style is definitely i don't think an everywhere kind of gig as far as like all the rose stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. we realize that like we're not uh i would just say we're not i would we're like it's melancholy like and so that's kind of one of those things about our music yeah. that we realize like okay like Anytime we booked like a background music gig or whatever, I was like, we got to yeah, throw some that, covers in there or something. Yeah, <laughs> those were not. We, Don't want to bring the vibes but, down. Uh, anything that was like not not because we don't play like true jazz, but it fits in nicely anywhere that's like kind of like blues bar, that yeah. kind of thing like yeah. that, mm-hmm. that we could totally do. And so there was an element where like the coffee shop sort of thing. Sometimes I was like, it was not, we would not play every song that we had available. We were definitely like really careful about what we chose based on where we Mm -hmm. went kind of thing. Um, Have you had like a favorite gig throughout the years? Cause I mean, that sounds like you've been gigging for how long? Like, I think it was 2015, I think. So that's, that's eight, that's like eight years at over probably we'll just say on average a hundred or so a year right like mm-hmm. probably more than that so that's like 800 gigs wow that's have you thought lot. about that before <laughs> yeah i never really did that's, that's awesome <laughs> that's a lot that's like yeah. a, that's like yeah so do you have a what are some of so the ones my that favorite stick out? charlotte one i love is the visualite like okay. it's so yep. great so fancy and it just like really feels like you made it when you play there like it doesn't matter like (laughs) what stage you are in your life it's just a very like you reflect and you 
play yeah. like your own songs and you have people like you book the show with people you promote it like for months mm-hmm. probably like three months and then it's just like a really big show it's a lot of fun i love that one and then like proud of town ugh, there's so many good ones i'm trying to think um i don't know i like them all <laughs> it's hard to pick so i guess the visual is my favorite yeah, for like all together yeah mm. yeah we got to play i don't know if that's the last time you played there but we got to play there with you once technically yeah. we, we played i played bass for uh chelsea, chelsea. and then yeah i was came thinking up and about that in my mind yeah. while i was talking yeah. about that was fun that was the first time i played there i had been there before like i had seen a show there um but i had not gotten to yeah. play there yet which was cool i played and i played bass which is not the normal thing i play when i go out yep. so it was like I was feeling really chill that day too. So Aww, it was it was a nice it is like really good. I didn't feel like some crazy amount of pressure or anything it and we only had so one good. song to do. Yeah. Thank you. Well, and the guy the guy who I don't know if he's playing bass for you or for one of the other artists, but he comes in with like this big rig, bass rig and he let like, me borrow Can it? I borrow that? He, no, he let me and I was I was like a kid in a candy shop. It was so nice. <laughs> nice. It was like cuz I just have a we a have directed, a nice bass, but yeah. most of the time like I'm not gigging with it all the time. It was kind of a, that's the, is that the only gig I've gone out and played in Charlotte bass for? I think it is. Probably. It's literally the only time. Probably. And so I just never, I don't have the gear to do it normally. And uh, that was pretty, was like, sure. that was a fun time for me. Yeah. Um, you had a worst show that you've played and you don't have to name the venue, but like an experience <laughs> that was like, that was like not good. And was it funny? I'm not trying good. trying to think. Well, we did, there was one. Okay. The only one that's coming to mind that like, I didn't block out, I guess, is that when we did this like house show and like I couldn't hear anything, like yeah. anything except for like horribleness, like because we all we were good. We know what we're doing. Like I was me and my band. But like because the sound wasn't good, mm-hmm. it was like really muddy and muffled. And yeah. it was like really hard to get through the songs. Yeah. And that's something that's like, oh, it's important to thank like, your, thank you want to sound guy. good. Yeah. <laughs> thank like, your sound guys. Absolutely. They deserve it. So they, that was a rough one. It's a make or break thing. <laughs> I hope there's no videos of that. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a make or break thing. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of musicians don't realize that too of like if there's one person you want to be nice to in the entire venue it's the sound guy or the people that booked you there but whoever's whoever's running whoever's running sound it's like it literally is like such an impactful thing that like you can do great but at the end of the day if you're muted like it's gonna be tough to overcome (laughs) so well and even that's the same thing with like recording live stuff like you can feel like oh that was great I did great, like the band did great, like and then you play it back dry after <laughs> you're just like this does not sound like oh, I thought it would. Mm-hmm. Uh, just dry on a track and go to your sound engineer and you say, Can you fix it? <laughs> how is your how has like your live show developed over the years, like from when you started to now? Because I know like one of the things that I remember and I said I started this off with it at the beginning, but the the thing where you passed a at the open mic you passed a notepad around and you asked every person to write down one word and it like that it had to have like 20 words on it or more and literally you just riffed a whole song off that like how did you get to the place where you're doing that because that's i can't imagine you didn't do that on the first one did you what do you mean like the first gig that wasn't what oh you, no you, right so like no 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 how has that I developed over the years i had the idea a lot before then when i actually did it but it was hard to get people to write the words so eventually i did a clipboard and went around and got mm. everyone to do it because like for me i like always like want some kind of connection with people and sometimes it's as simple as like having everyone write down a word and other times it's like talking to them in between a show but for 
that I have everyone write a word and then I end up making a song out of it. I haven't done it in a while, so I need to bring it back. But basically, if I had the time, I would try to group the words by category. Okay. But if I didn't have the time, like some of the open mics, we would have like over 50 people there and we'd be catching up with everybody and I'd be running sound and switching everyone. So there wasn't time to like really do that. Then it was like time for it. Yeah. <laughs> so I went up there with it and I just, just like look it. at it and be like, hopefully I get them all. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's just like because imp- improvisation is so great. Like in college, I did some theater and some okay. acting and I don't know if that helps with that. Yeah. Maybe like sure I guess so. Like, I'm sure. Yeah, I would have to. Yeah. And then you just kind of make the sentences with the words and you're making melody as you as you go playing guitar as you go sometimes i would get like a guest musician to play guitar and then i would have to make the melody to that so that was always harder Ooh, yeah but it was fun to try you can't like i'm like why not try it like, yeah. like you only live once yeah yeah <laughs> see so like that scares me <laughs> that is an idea that like in my head so writing i've had this conversation with multiple people writing for me has been a very like i i can't I have a very hard time like trying to sit down and just say like, I'm going to write now. Like I, and you were talking to me about this. Um, maybe, maybe share this with us, uh, before we started, um, you were saying like, a. What would you say you entered a con? You entered like a. Oh, I did like a 15 day songwriter challenge. Okay. And yeah, then will you explain where you that to wrote. Us? So it was like a YouTube challenge and I can't remember her name, but. I will see if we could like put a link if we okay. if I can find figure out what it yeah. was. But it's a fifteen day songwriter challenge where you do a little bit every day. The first day was like literally get your supplies. I was like, wow, like that's a great idea. Like you have it already. Yeah. So when you want to write, you can. And then it was like the next day was like think of your idea, write some sentences. There was like free writing involved. And then every day you made it something, you added either chords or like change something about the song until you got to the end of the fifteen days. And then I wrote one of like my favorite songs that I've written. Like normally I write a song and I'm like, I don't really like that. <laughs> That's just how it is. And then yeah. maybe a year later I like it. Maybe I don't. And then yeah. there's like thousands. <laughs> but this mm-hmm. one I was like, oh, it's kind of catchy and cute. And I like the beachy vibe of it. And I already wanted to do a music video for it. So like, and this was all like in 2021. So I'm just now like yeah. making mm-hmm. it happen. But like it only took 15 days to write. Like, yeah. And that's something pretty cool. Like, cause sometimes you have an idea and you never finish it so that's been like yeah i i don't most of mine may, maybe they do but like i i don't ever walk into it with like a concept in my head when i start and mm-hmm. that's i think maybe that's where it comes from most of mine is driven by like sitting around and playing already like i'm usually already playing guitar or or i'll riff a melody like we have a song i'll show you a clip of it later but we have a song that i was literally sitting on the couch like And I started humming this run that I can't even do. Like she has to sing the song because I can't actually perform Mm -hmm. it. That's not my kind of thing. But I literally like sat there and like hummed it a few times and I went, oh, I know what this is going to be. But I didn't, I didn't know like the, the idea behind it yet. I just sort of knew I could sit down and do it if I, if I went away and did it. So the, the having a topic or like that. It doesn't work. Well, that if there's way anything for me, we're learning this season it. is that everybody's songwriting process is like way different. Yeah, like, that's true we, too. We've been asking each person like, "How do you take a song from beginning to end?" And every single person like, we're like, "That is not what we do." You know what I mean? Like they're all yeah, so different and weird. Different. But yeah, like for you, like typically when you're not doing a songwriting challenge, yeah, you're just trying to write. <laughs> like, how does that look to you? So I like how uh, Billy was saying. I don't always like 
plan it. Usually Mm -hmm. it's like a melody idea that pops in my head at two in the morning or when I'm walking my dog, like, and then I just take my phone and record it, like Mm -hmm. whatever it is, bad or good, Mm -hmm. don't really think about it. And then every once in a while, like I think if it's a good song or something that I think I should keep pursuing is I will do it again, same thing. And then it will be part of the other song. And it's like sometimes it's there's ideas that come in between. Mm-hmm. But I have a few songs that I've written where it literally was like one idea and then a couple weeks later another idea, but then they matched. So it was like mm-hmm. just kind of like letting it happen. But then you have to decide, am I going to work on this or not? And then mm-hmm. make the time for it. So that's one of the things that I can struggle with sometimes with like playing so many live shows is when do you make time to write? And then I have to be a person, like I'm a planner, so I have to plan. So if I'm going to finish a song, I actually usually do plan that out, even if it's just the time. Like give myself a little more space. And if I want to relax and watch TV, I do that. And then sometimes like just like resting a little bit gives me that energy and that little kick I need to like get my creativity sparked back. Yeah, you told me you're a night owl on the way in here. I'm the same way and songwriting for me, it happens the same deal where it's like one in the morning and I'm like, all right, I guess I'm going to be up till four. Like, yeah, like, so uh, finishing <laughs> a song too, now that I have a home studio, it's getting it to the studio now. Mm-hmm. And then from there, am I going to add instruments or is it just going to be like singer songwriter with just guitar? So that's where I'm at in my life now. So mm-hmm. I'm realizing that those song recordings on my phone nothing's happening with them like no one can hear them it's like a journal and that's great but then if you're trying to connect with people like through your music or you want to release new stuff then you have to record it and that's a whole another thing yeah (laughs) yeah it is like the modern musician does every job in the chain now if you're independent (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's what it means to be an independent artist is is like you're responsible for either doing it yourself or figuring out how to get the help or whatever it Mm -hmm. is to to write release record market promote promote, like all of it it's all (laughs) and it's uh i think maybe i don't know do you have a part of that process you love more than the rest like is songwriting your favorite i i got to imagine on some level it's gigging the amount you do it right like well it's different because like i don't know i really love both so (laughs) it's hard to pick but i guess if i could write all day and then play twice a month like that would be the the new dream Mm. because before it was like i literally wanted to play like every single day like and that was just what brought me joy but now i'm realizing that the shows are more of like temporary Mm. and then recording is like forever so then Mm. there's that like you think about your future and you have all these like song babies you want to give out to the world so that that's where i'm at now is where i'm like kind of switching back into songwriting kind of going back to where i started where i didn't really have a lot of shows and i was doing open mic nights and trying out new songs so i'm kind of like going back to that but still playing like twice a week instead of like four or five days a week yeah i i definitely had a recognition uh mostly through and and we didn't do like not near not near how you've been able to to do with your own like music and stuff but like we hit a season where we were trying to gig pretty good and for us it uh well i'll just speak for myself like i i realized like man i i don't think i love this part of part of it like it's not bad and i felt like uh most of the problem in it was me <laughs> like i got like i i'd encounter it, difficult interactions or whatever but like really i like realized like writing recording mixing doing what i'm doing now is like really the part of it that i love and i i actually one of the things i really love i think maybe because i get so uncomfortable when i go out <laughs> is that 
I love being able to host people too. Like mm -hmm. I, I just, I find so much, I think joy in getting to like welcome people into a space and like mm -hmm. do everything we can do to help them succeed. Like that's something I really love. And so that's why we're doing what we're doing now. <laughs> yeah. And uh, gigging, I think I could probably, I don't know if it, if it was a few good ones, I could say like, like, I don't know, three a year, four a year. Like I don't, yeah. not, not very many. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm content and you know, I learned that. <laughs> yeah. I was typically like really easily affected by like whatever parameters were surrounding the gig. So like a couple of them we had over the summer were outside. So it's hot and you're like, mm -hmm. there's no one actually here, like really paying attention to us. So we're just sweating and like trying to get <laughs> through the set as quickly as possible. And then there were other ones where it was just like, you know, you park, in a parking garage in Charlotte and you're hauling $3,000 worth of gear to go make like 50 bucks. And it's just like, why am I doing this right mm -hmm. now? So gigging, yeah, gigging was not my favorite thing to do either, but I, I enjoyed like once you're there and you're in front of the mic and someone mm -hmm. starts like that part's good. It's the before and after for me that I always struggle, like um, the packing up in the setting. Yeah. Certain, certain ones I really love. Like I, I remember, like I actually have a text thread from one of them cause the band, the band that was playing with us, we were texting back and forth, like about how much that night meant. And, and I remember certain ones of them very, very fondly. And, mm -hmm. uh, I think that my goal would be to get to where all of them can be that way. Although I realize that's maybe just like a dream in my head and maybe not reality, but that would be my goal. Yeah. So it's important to have like a positive outlook and I totally get with the hot and the sweating in some places you have bugs. Oh my mm -hmm. gosh. So it's like, <laughs> so when you're outside, like you have to have bug spray and then you have to think, oh, maybe I'm being a fan. Like there's just so many things that you have to like try yeah. to think of. And that's where like you think when the load in load out, that's like time from your life that you're taking away. So you have to think to yourself, like, is this worth it for me? to do even though i love it so much because like it ends up from a three-hour thing becomes a six-hour thing and then sometimes you have to drive around and find parking and that mm -hmm. can add up and then like everything kind of adds up so now i'm like trying to decide like okay maybe i i'm not going to take a step back like all the way but like just kind of cut back a little bit on performing just to make that time for recording and yeah. that's like because that also takes time mm -hmm. and effort time. and yes. brain energy yep. to yep. even like want to get in there and do it yeah how, how is uh we already asked you this before the show but how's the ep going you're working on one right now yeah yeah it's good it started back in 2020 i was doing this thing just kind of for myself like i'm gonna do like 10 days in the studio like every day i made it like four days <laughs> and i was like <laughs> okay like maybe i don't do today and then like i came back a couple of days later and did some more yeah. mm -hmm. but it was like i knew i needed to make a change because if i wasn't recording at all i thought oh maybe i forced myself to do it and then it will come easier and i did so many like little tiny setbacks and things went wrong because I was just doing it by myself in my home studio so mm -hmm. I would like put an input like I forgot to switch the input do an yeah. amazing vocal take come back and I never changed it's the input so it was uh, like I was yeah. like no yeah, and then there's like a video of me saying that so I made a Patreon and I'm gonna start putting like little bits here and there of like behind the scenes stuff mm -hmm. like because yeah. I think for me I get I'm very extroverted mm -hmm. so I get motivated by people so if I can find a way to like connect to people even while I'm recording whether it's like live streaming or doing releasing like specific like behind the scene contents yeah. on like um, Patreon or like Instagram stories. I think that would be a good way for me to like motivate myself. Yeah, that's to a good way to, to try to find a way that's unique too. That's awesome. 
Awesome. So you are, when do you hope, like, when do you hope to drop a first song? Just for people who might be looking for yeah, it later on. So the goal for me is to, like, finish the song in February and then drop it, like, I guess, like, the end of March would be, like, the farthest away I'd like yeah. for it to be out. And because it's getting close to being finished. It's just, to me, I, I have a hard time making choices without someone else telling me it's good. So I might end up, like, sending it to you guys and be like, what do you think? Oh, we'd love to hear it. You're going to get a sneak peek? Yes, of course. Like, just awesome. to decide, like, is it too much? Like, is there too many instruments? Because I went from, like, ukulele to, yeah. like, 10 instruments. Ah, <laughs> and then there's that's harmonies. Part of it. And it's, yeah. Yeah. No. So it's a lot happening. Uh, producing is a, is a, is a, like, referencing your friends who do the same thing. Oh, which, by the way, I wanted to say this before I got. So when we put out, and I was thinking about this through the writing process, um, because I was thinking about how I tried to, I asked myself the question, how did I start Love as a Drug? Like, I don't, like, I don't remember how I started that song. I think it was the riff, right? Mm -hmm. I was sitting there playing the riff and I wrote a lead line over top of it. And I think you filmed me playing it mm -hmm. and I wrote it off that. But when I put that song out, you sent me the most lovely message. It was so encouraging <laughs> and I wanted to say thank you. <laughs> it meant a lot. Like, I, I was walking, uh, I think I was in church doing something and I got this text message on my phone and it was from you saying how much you loved it and how great you thought it was. Yeah. And, all the different things I always things think about I'm bugging it. people when I like no. tell people like yeah, really no great. it made my Keep day I showed like two or three people like I showed my dad I was like look you know and, oh, and uh it's one of those things where uh I thought I, I was thinking about that on the way into this uh just to say like uh also if you have friends that put out music listen to it tell them yes. if you love it yeah. you know Definitely that kind of thing them. encourage each like, other make sure they don't stop so yes we would love to hear your song <laughs> i would be cool. so thrilled yeah and then the goal <laughs> for like the i'm gonna do a sunflower showers is what i'm gonna call it oh. and it's gonna be like an ep of either four or five songs and that's gonna come out before summer because it's all like happy like mm -hmm. summer beachy music nice. i'm excited <laughs> nice um so what are like what would you say is one of the biggest hurdles you've overcome like as an artist so many <laughs> well it, there's a few but like one of them is like procrastination on like the things you really want to do so if you want to be a gigging musician like don't wait like start saving up money and like get out there and do it and like make steps towards the big goal and for me the new big goal is like recording again and releasing like an ep and then another album like so it's like kind of like even if you have to sometimes force yourself to do it like mm -hmm. just because like a lot of times we have like inner <laughs> arguments with ourselves mm -hmm. like I'll do it later or something comes up or you have to wash your dog like random stuff like that yeah, like yeah. oh yeah. he just went outside and now he's all dirty he's getting mud everywhere so you <laughs> do have to wash your dog but <laughs> you have to do what's important to you and then of like you have to also like connect with like your family and friends like whenever you're feeling sad and like like be I don't know it's just like being more like like making sure you're not procrastinating and then having those self-doubts like so if you're not sure if a song is good maybe if you and you really don't want to release it maybe you send it to a friend and then maybe they say oh it's great and then you have that affirmation of like mm -hmm. so basically like self-doubt and procrastination because a lot of times like I would perform and then sometimes you'd overhear someone saying something bad about you and then I didn't usually hear that but sometimes I would hear stuff about people saying good things about me behind my back because I would like you know like listen and someone told me that like oh Lisa's way more talented than she knows she is and I was like huh like what like so I yeah. guess I had so much self-doubt that I didn't think I could be touring and playing like mm. all over the country or maybe I shouldn't be recording because sometimes I'll sing a flat note but it's like you have to get out of your head about it and just kind of like yeah. don't wait go for it 
Yeah, my yeah. dad always uh, he always tells me like, don't let being afraid of something stop you from doing it. That was. Mm-hmm. What about you? What's a big hurdle for you? To pass this one around. I mean, I can go first if you no, want. No, time no, no. I just like which one do I pick? I know. <laughs> so the hurdle for me, I think. I'm someone, we were talking about this a little bit earlier too. I have so many hobbies. I like, I like to draw. I like to paint. I like to sew. Like, but I'm one of those like kind of ADHD people when I'm not great at it immediately. I'm like, I'm suck. I'm terrible. I, I quit. I give it up. And I'm that way a lot of the time with music. Like mm-hmm. I'm something I've tried to start doing because I, I edit these podcasts and I listen back and I have to hear what I'm saying. And in so many of them, I say I'm bad at playing guitar. And I'm like, girl, you got to. You gotta stop. You, I would never look anybody in the eye and say you're be- you suck at playing guitar. Like, why are you saying that to yourself? So, like, that's something I'm trying to do now is not like talk bad about me, but like also just like not give up immediately. Like, a huge hurdle for me is like mm-hmm. getting over that hump of like don't don't give up yet. Like, it's, it's the same thing. We early on when we were doing this stuff, we had such a hard time co-writing. Or like working on a song together because like I couldn't get over the like what if I sing something that is terrible <laughs> he hates it what if the words sound Which dumb the best songs we have are ones she would help me on uh, you know? just and for so, the record every time she's like yeah I'll, she tries it comes out great yeah uh, so I think cool. the biggest hurdle and I haven't overcome it I'm um, in the process of trying to but mm-hmm. like is just not being like absolutely frozen in sort of like fear and indecision of like thinking you're just terrible at everything so there's that for for me it was uh like from the beginning obsessing over like the quality of the final product oh that's a good one and not wanting to being like if i can't get it to this then it's not going out into the world you know and like like perfectionism mm -hmm. and like and i did that with everything and um well one it's like a double-edged sword for me that's why like that's what my motivator for learning to produce songs really well is like, that's what has driven me to learn and do it. Uh, but at the same time, there's stuff that's definitely good enough that I still won't put out. Like, mm-hmm. but I've, but if you asked me or if it was somebody else's, I would be like, that sounds great. Like I will yeah. do a scratch track and then edit it as though it's a final vocal and then say, but we're going to redo it and like come back and retrack it yeah. again even if well, I already and nowadays we have like out of tune and all these things like, I, that we could be using. I'm I know not what you joking. Mean. I do the same thing. I'll show you the one of the ones I'm going to show that. you. We're going to retrack all of it because this is. <laughs> oh no! It's not that it's. It's sort of it's twofold. So it's good, but I also won't. For myself, I have a hard time calling it good enough. But like other people. Mm-hmm. I I will be like no we this is we don't even need to redo this this scratch take is like great we can use this this should be the final if anything I don't think you could do it this good again like I will I'm good at seeing that for other people but for me I'm like no I feel like I could have like, done it's a it scratch track I can't I could have done it better it or like so I guess for you it would be like deadlines before yourself yes it's committing to the deadline yeah, yeah it's com- it's commitment to being like okay I told myself I was going to redo the vocal either redo the vocal or put it out how it is like just commit to that choice mm-hmm. and do it and not wanting to be like frustrated with uh, vocally I struggled really hard so vocals is like the number one thing for me yeah in terms of I I was really bad when I started, like truly. What? I did maybe like, <laughs> like three years of vocal coaching. And wow. even after that, it probably took me another three years. Like it was like a five to six year process of trying to sing. 
for mm-hmm. me to get to where I felt like I could even put mm-hmm. out a recording and like be like, oh, that sounds like a person who sings. Before that point, like I couldn't sing harmony when we started dating or when mm-hmm. we got married. I learned harmony from her uh, at 19 and I had been taking vocal lessons since 16 at that point. So like it was that long of a road some of your early recordings are some of my no they're not they're bad (laughs) they're really bad they make my heart happy they're embarrassing is what they are you'll never no one listening to this will ever hear but i learned (laughs) i learned harmony because that's all she does when she drives Mm -hmm. around in the car she never sings the melody she's always singing harmony harmonies that's probably my favorite part of recording is like recording the harmonies so i literally was like how can you how do you do that like was like one of the first things and then uh she was like i just started trying and I think I picked like two CDs and had her show me the harmony lines. Yeah. And I just would put those two CDs in my car. And then I was working third shift at Walmart at the same time. And uh, if you know anything about that, they have one CD. And it just it, plays over it just plays the same songs for like a year. And then they switch it. And so I started practicing to those two while I was while I was stalking the pets department at Walmart. And that's how I learned harmony. And that's awesome. That that hurdle of perfectionism, though, for me was a big one of and even in recording, it was sort of recognizing like if you won't put something out before you like you're never going to be the best. And if you let that stop you from putting something out, you won't get better. Like you got to mm-hmm. you have to push yourself to be like, OK, this is where I'm at today. And I think even in sharing your songs that you've written, that's a big thing, too. It's like mm-hmm. the song, the songs I wrote, what we were talking about on the way in, like by the time a song comes out, it's something that happened to you like a year ago. Mm-hmm. And like that, there's like a disconnect there as an artist, but like that's where you were then. And so yeah. that's still okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me ask you, we have what we call a branded question, which means we ask everybody the same question. Uh, but it's uh, very like an all-encompassing thing for us. Um, it's kind of sort of the heart behind the show in the first place, mm-hmm. which is what does music mean to you and why is it important? So music for me feels like it's a best friend. So even when you don't think you have a best friend or there's something you don't even want to tell, like a family member, you could always sing about it or write about it. And it's very therapeutic and it's just always been there. Like even when like your lowest point or your highest point. And it's really cool to be able to use that as an outlet to connect to people or just something you can write for therapy to keep to yourself. And then sometimes it's the songs that you want to keep to yourself that you should share. So it's yeah. really interesting. You have like an inward battle about it sometimes. <laughs> but it's just really like my favorite thing in the whole world. For me, it's therapy is like number one. I'm always journaling. It's it's basically a journal. I'm really, I'll sit down to write a journal entry and it's no joke. I have a few of these where I'll write like a paragraph of a journal entry and then it's just a pause and it's a break and there's a song that comes after oh, it. Nice. And it literally is like, even if I want to write a journal entry, it doesn't, that's not naturally how it, mm-hmm. how I express it. Eventually it comes down to song. Yeah. For me lately, it's been kind of like a like I, I'm not advocating trying to escape your life constantly, but it's been a sort of like healthy sort of escape. Mm-hmm. Like when you're dealing with tough stuff, like uh, like a couple of weeks ago, I just remember being really angry and pissed off about something or whatever. And so I put, you know, earbuds in and I just picked a random playlist and I could have listened to rage music and like made myself feel worse, but I picked mm-hmm. like a coffee house jazz playlist and it's like impossible to feel pissed off when you're <laughs> listening to like some guy yeah. on a saxophone just like, do his thing or whatever and it was like a totally just like different mindset within you know a couple minutes of feeling kind of mad and then I was like what was I mad about oh yeah that thing oh that thing will work out it'll be okay (laughs) you know what I mean so yeah 
Well, we're, we're, we're winding down on time, but let me, I have two more questions for you. Number one, um, and the EP was a great answer for this, uh, but if there's more, we'd love to hear about it, which is what's next for you and your music. So it's mostly just going to be like recording and releasing and then music videos. Mm -hmm. And then we also have, I have a duo with Jimmy Ski and Hi, Jimmy. it's called <laughs> Up Late. So you can check that out. We have our song Aim out right now. So the music video is on YouTube. So just type in Up Late Aim. So that's kind of like a little side project I've been doing that's like alternative pop and different sounds and more on like the electric guitar side awesome. of things. So I'm really excited about that. Awesome. Are you are you guys playing all the instruments yourself between the two yes. of you? Awesome. Yeah. And then we're doing everything in our home studio and we are writing some new stuff so i'm excited about that so it's just going to be more like songwriting and recording and putting out some new stuff and like well i'll still be playing shows but not as many so make sure you come to the ones that are close to your house um they'll be like there's a couple of residencies that i have that are like the same place like once a month but yeah. i'll be putting my schedule on instagram every month and on my website lisadenova.com as yeah, well absolutely um so last question, and we'll, we'll kind of wrap up with this, which is just, uh, can you tell us about the song you're going to do today and the story behind it, uh, whatever you feel comfortable Yeah, sharing. so the song is called Lost in You, and it's about just kind of like being in love with someone and like kind of like it, it making like the beach and the person kind of like become one because <laughs> I really <laughs> love the beach. Mm. And it also came from that songwriter challenge I was telling you about where you write a song for 15 days. And then I ended up like rewriting like part of it a little bit after recording it in my phone. And February 1st, 2021, I had a finished version of the song. So that mm -hmm. was like exactly, almost exactly two years ago. Yeah, and yeah. now I'm finally in the stage of like finishing the last vocal tracks and I'm gonna re-record like the intro for the ukulele. And it's just like finally all coming together. Like it just took a little while to get there. Awesome. Well, <laughs> so I'm really excited to play it. We're very excited to hear it. Um, we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, before we do, can you shout out all your socials, whatever you wanna shout out as far as Instagrams? Yeah. I know you just said your website, but. Yeah, so all my music is on iTunes and Spotify and YouTube as well. There's some cover videos on YouTube. Um, just find me there at Lisa, D-E-N-O-V-O. -O, and you can go to my website, lisadenova.com for merch. And uh, yeah, come see a show. All right. Thank you so much for coming, Lisa. Without further ado, here is Lost in You by Lisa DeNovo. <laughs> Stare at me for a little bit longer 
feels like a fairy tale brought to life. Lost in the waves, lost in the sand, lost in the sunset, holding your hand, lost in your eyes. What a beautiful view! It's no surprise I get lost in you. Surprise! I get lost in you.